All right, guys. Boy, I love this topic because as Christians, we have the wherewithal to be the most hospitable people on the face of the earth. And I can't help but look at the whole realm of hospitality and see the heart of God reflected in it. Hmm. And it's really, in a sense, if you think about it, a reflection of the gospel. Well, it's the golden rule in practice. Treat others as you'd like to be treated. He is electric bike riding evangelist by day, sleeper in a holy bed by night, but he also doubles as a secret Turkish shoe store owner. He is Ray Comfort. Oh, Do you have to explain some shoe of those store owner? I, think yeah, a, no. I don't know this one. There's a well, lot of... before we get to that holy bed, friends, as we may have told you before, uh, Ray Comfort sleeps in a bed with a hole. Oh, yes. With a hole. <laughs> no the world, in the needs world to know about this. With a hole, Ray. Yeah, I fall into it every night. <laughs> <laughs> it's my Grand Canyon. Oh. But it's fixed my back. Yeah. Instantly. You are one of a kind. Mm-hmm. But, Ray, I feel like we need to explain. Yeah, that was Because no there's so much more detail to this. That's to fascinating. what? He's got a to hole, hole cut out in his bed. Okay, Ray, explain. Well, I've got what's called spinalilothesis. About three million Americans have got it. It's a weakness in the spine. I found out about it when I was about 21. A doctor said that to me, and I said, so you're saying I should stay away from gardening and things like that? He said, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so don't pray for my healing. Uh, anyway, it got really bad about... Three or four years ago, I had trouble getting out of bed. It was very painful. So I thought, I know what's the problem. It's pressure on my spine. So I got a very sharp knife and cut a hole in our mattress. It's about, <laughs> it's about a, probably six, in, six inches deep. Do the by springs a, poke you in the it's back? It's no springs. This is one of those blue mattresses. Yeah, those whatever. foam, thick foam. foam. And it's about mm, a foot wide, and I just... Roll into it. <laughs> like, how? How do you sleep comfortably with your back in a hole? I don't care. It's worth not having pain in the morning. <laughs> I, don't I just, care. <laughs> I just sleep out of bed you in the morning. Sleep anyway. Yeah, it's a waste of time. So, Ray, you've written a book, How to Overcome Insomnia. You've written a book, How to Overcome Panic Attacks. You're going to write one on how to overcome back pain? It comes with a chainsaw. <laughs> Free. Uh, okay, but the uh, Turkish shoe store owner, Ray. You didn't know about that? I, I didn't know about that. I, I discovered it. You didn't hear Oscar? I did not. Yeah. MJ, our sound man, oh, sent yeah. a picture from Turkey, from Istanbul. Turkey? Turkey. Istanbul. Uh, yeah, Istanbul. And he's standing outside a store with across the top of the store. It says my name. And I thought, that's just <laughs> ridiculous. And there is a shoe store in Turkey called Ray Comfort. I don't know Unbelievable. Ray, you should sue for uh, well, royalties um, on that. Well, what if they're just a big fan? The Turkish version of Ray Comfort comes out. Perhaps they're in for the healing of the soul or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. attracting every soul. Yes. That's um, Turkey, boy, Turkey. Mark, I, I'm trying to remember. Did you do the missionary, Paul's missionary journeys with us in Turkey? I thought you were talking about the meat. No, I never went to Turkey. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Oh, I've been to Turkey a couple of times. What an amazing <laughs> you place. You didn't know if Mark was with you or not. No. <laughs> <laughs> It does seem like we've been everywhere. What's your name, Mark? Oh, we've been about 20 countries together. But no, Turkey, man, that was, what an amazing place. You know, Ray, I think you told me, didn't you watch a movie once where there was some guy that they tortured? Yeah, but you've got to, um, what was it called? Midnight Express. Yes. But let me qualify it because it's a filthy, blasphemous, disgusting movie, but I had to watch it in parts because this is about 40 years ago, the local drug squad knew I had a drug prevention center. They said, if I'd commend this movie, the 
theatre chain, they would, I don't know what they would do, they just said, <laughs> they'd have me on, <laughs> on film or something saying, I commend this movie. Yeah. And I couldn't commend it. I said to the drug squad, oh, the drug squad were there, I said to the movie chain, I can't do this because I'm a Christian, because it just had everything bad in it. But it was a terrifying movie about an American guy, and it was based on a true story where he was, uh, he strapped hash to his body, hashish, hashish to his body inside a bus and had all strapped. He did it in a bathroom and he was sweet to go through the airport, got to the airport and there was some terrorism alert. So they were searching all the passengers and you see him begin to sweat in the bus and get on his knees to try and rip the stuff. And he looks up and he sees this guard's leg standing there. So he just kept it there and he had to line up with the people to be searched and the tension that was brilliantly done, you just heard, fum, fum, oh, yeah, the heartbeat sound effect. And it got louder <laughs> and louder and louder as he got close to that line. The guards didn't speak English. They just touched him and screamed out something in whatever it was, Turkish. Do they speak Turkey in Turkish? That's the only thing I know how to say in Turkish. It means I'll poke your eyeballs out. Really? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they, yeah. they touched him and screamed out, he has a bomb. No. Because that's why he had, because they were there for terrorism. And every gun in that whole place swung around and pointed at that guy. (laughs) And it was just terrifying. And then they torture him in prison? It was, it was the only thing that kept him sane was a pet cat, and the other prisoners hung the cat in a cell. Yeah. So that's why when I told you I was going to Turkey years ago, you kind of freaked out. I freaked out. This is easy. Don't strap hashish I'm to you at the you. airport. <laughs> <laughs> they are seriously probably some of the most hospitable, kind-hearted people I've ever met in my life. And Christians freak out because they hear, oh, Turkey's like 99% Muslim. You know, they're expecting it's going to be this crazy oppressive. But you ask them, are you Muslim? You know, because when I went, I went really on a mission, short-term mission trip. We were witnessing people on the streets. And you ask them, are you Muslim? They go, ah, that's what it says on my birth certificate. They're very nominal. Right. Ataturk, who was kind of the guy who modernized Turkey, he was really anti- What was his name? Ataturk. Oh, okay. Ataturk. He hung like a bunch of imams. He was really kind of anti-mixing religion and... And, uh, you know, with the fanatics, but they were so open to the gospel. I mean, you're talking to someone about Christ, they're sitting on the edge of their seat. And then you give them like a Bible or something, they'll go home, they'll read like all four chapters or all four gospels in one night. And then, you know, we were taking groups of them to churches. It was amazing. Oh, let's all fly to Turkey. I'm so excited. (laughs) Talking about being hospitable, right? I mean, you're not going over there just for a quick cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a quick meal. It is a two, three, four hour experience that you come into their home and everything just kind of halts. Oh, man. And that, and I'm glad you brought that up, Mark. Yeah. Shouldn't we introduce what we're talking about? No, I'm getting to that. (laughs) We're talking about hashish and turkey. (laughs) Hashish and turkey. (laughs) Yeah, we're talking about hospitality. And and on that point, Mark, yeah, they were so hospitable. I mean, this is how it would go. You'd walking down the street. We went to places called like Toxim, Ortikoy. You know, you go to Basichi University. But anyway, you're walking down the street. You see someone. Hey, I'm from America. Do you speak English? Oh, yeah. You know, within 30 seconds, they're taking you to tea, coffee, paying for you. I mean, and it wasn't just you because I've seen programs on television about Turkey and everyone that went there could not believe that strangers would stop them and want to have coffee with them. Yeah, very warm, very welcoming. And is it kind of like the Arab culture? I've been blown away by the Arab culture. Ben-Hur. The uh, the oh, yeah. Arab who said burp to show that you <laughs> to show you enjoyed the meal, but yeah, the Arab culture is just like eat this, eat this, and then eat this, eat this, yeah. and eat this. It's just like yeah. A friend, a, a friend of mine said the same exact experience about going to Lebanon. Huh. Yeah, Lebanon is is definitely known as one of the foremost countries in terms of hospitality. Yeah, but Turkey, yeah, Turkey's not technically an Arab country, but they've been influenced by the Arab world because you know they're Islamic and. But it was just yeah, it was phenomenal. 
Made me feel hungry. Yeah. Oh, Mark's not hungry because he's got a great big Where's donut. Where's your hospitality, Look Mark? Look at that. He's got Where's a, your hospitality, I, I Mark? Got, I put him in the, uh, the room by the, uh, by the package. Did you do that? I brought some extra should have bought them Thanks for here. telling us, Mark. Yeah. All right. So on that note, gentlemen, hospitality. Please don't sing again. Uh, <laughs> you really don't have to. <laughs> Why do I get I didn't tip? even mean to. It and when flows. you sing, it brings tears to my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Please sing on a hill far right away. Right out of me. Yeah, what's oh, what's the recent one I heard? I loved about singing. No, you sing not. solo. People always ask me to sing solo, <laughs> solo that no one can hear me. <laughs> All right, guys. Boy, I love this topic because as Christians, we have the wherewithal to be the most hospitable people on the face of the earth. And I can't help but look at the whole realm of hospitality and see the heart of God reflected in it. Mm. And it's really, in a sense, if you think about it, a reflection of the gospel. You know? Well, it's the golden rule in practice. Treat others as you'd like to be treated. Give them what you would like to eat. So I gave everyone poached eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you eat poached eggs still? Yeah, every day. You don't get a body well, like this through in the comedy. How many poached eggs do you eat? What's that? How many poached eggs do you eat? Just in one a day. One a day, huh? Yeah, Scott eats about a dozen. <laughs> Seriously, he just goes egg crazy. Oh, by you... the way, what is the significance of a poached egg? I don't get it's it. It's an egg boiled in water. Yeah. It's just like a fried yeah. egg. It's easy. This is this will help well, I understand. I know what a boiled it. egg no, is, yeah. right? No, no, no. It's like a fried egg, but it's not fried. You got it? <laughs> water <Thank> fried. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you 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 crack it open and Look, boil this water? This is like explaining what you do with milk to someone. No, but you know, I but I've milk? seen people they put an egg. I've seen it at your house. You have this little silly egg holder, and then you crack the top and you eat out of it. And what is that? No, that's a boiled egg, as opposed to a poached egg. No, no, not boiled. It's it's still runny, and they. No, no, you you confuse this Arab culture. <laughs> I've you been need tormented to get... by New Zealand egg eaters. <laughs> you guys do all these. Rachel does all these weird things with eggs. Yeah, yeah, just. Yeah, but no, poached, you crack it and let it boil. Yeah, you could let it boil in water, and just uh, it's really neat. Oh, Do you just eat it. the egg by itself? No, I have toast. <laughs> toast, okay. Yeah. All right, Shana. so hospitality. I, I, I don't eat the shell. <laughs> yeah, hospitality. Guys, what have you experienced in your lives when it comes to the best hospitality you've ever encountered? Anything? Right, got it. I like to talk about the worst hospitality I've ever <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Yeah, when, you, when you've got an itinerant ministry, and... and I wish people could understand what happens. And you guys are itinerating now. Mark has done for years. He's done for years. Define itinerating. Itinerating is when you travel to speak in churches. And people don't realize when you travel alone, which I did for many years, it's really lonely in a Mm. sense. You're leaving your family. So it's not just like you're alone, but you've left your family to go and speak to strangers in a church. And so someone who understands hospitality will actually want to put their arms around you and comfort you and take care of you. But for years, I experienced a lack of understanding of what an itinerant minister goes through until I came to the U.S. and things kind of changed where I'd arrive at a church and the pastor would pick me up and he'd give me his phone. He says, here's your wife. He'd oh. called my wife. Wow. Oh, wow. And, and I thought, what a wonderful touch. You go to your room and there's a fruit basket and a little note saying, I'd love to have you here. Here's a $50 voucher for you to spend at the local mall. Things like that mean so much that's because cool. it makes you think of home and it makes you feel like you're home. And that's where really a hospitality is. But the, the lack of hospitality, I've stayed in homes. And this is why I love staying in hotels because staying in homes is such a risk. Smelly restrooms, brown sheets on the bed. You're in a kid's <laughs> room. No, this is, this, is, this is in a home. You're in a kid's bedroom right down the end of the house where it's dark and you've got Barney to look at for three hours. <laughs> the pillow is just like, uh, there's not nothing in the pillow. Never been washed. Never been washed. And I've had kids come into my 
bedroom. The last time I invite you over to my house. There is no door on the bedroom. That was one house I stayed in. And the yeah. kids came in and went through my suitcase while I was lying in bed. No, no. kidding. <laughs> no, no kidding. And so people say, would you like to stay with a family or a hotel? Hotel. Yeah. Hotel, please, because you know you've got clean sheets. Yeah. You can just lie in, on your bed and change channels when you want to. If you're staying with a family, they give you the remote. You cannot change the channel with a family sitting there. Mm. You just don't mm. want to. Even though they've given it to you, you don't want to take over and just change it when you want. So, yeah, so a good book to read is a book on Christian hospitality so you can look after your uh, evangelist or your preacher or your teacher when they come to, come to your church. Well, I will say one exception to that rule is Chef Lance. I got to stay at his place. Oh, uh, that's different. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they like built a room just to host people. And I showed up and his daughter had written a note and put it on the, on the bed, you know, like, thanks so much for staying with us. We hope you enjoy your stay. Obviously, the breakfast was incredible. Doesn't that mean it a lot? Was, though, uh, just cereal those and milk. little no, things. <laughs> <laughs> just those little things mean so much. Absolutely, yeah. it was incredible. I had so much fun with our kids and eating. Their yeah, food. and and you know we've all had those experiences. I think Ray's talking about you know when you're traveling all the time yeah. and and the general kind of a thing. But in fact, I'm going to be traveling to New York and I'm staying with a dear family who I had stayed with before, and they have a whole basement. I mean, yeah, they you said know, they got the horse out of the basement. <laughs> yeah, just for me. But you know, basements in a lot of in a lot of states, they're like homes. I mean, yes. it, you know, you think of a basement as dirty, dingy, but some of them even have an entrance. They call them like a day basement or something like that. But door prison a door. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they, cool, they, they like they're fully finished, and so it was so amazing. You know, and, that's and where I've you're been, staying. I'm staying there again this year. Yeah, but I've been to places like that where people show you that warmth. Love Mark, that. I want to touch on something with you, but but first, let's kind of define our terms. You know, when you look at the word hospitality in Scripture, it speaks of being a person who's given over to really loving other people. That it carries with it that that kind of a perception. And the, the dictionary defines it as the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, and strangers. Mm. And I love the way that's worded, generous, right? You receive them and then you demonstrate generosity toward them. And you know, Mark, I have to say, having known you for years, I think you and Laura are some of the most hospitable people I've ever known. Really? In terms of, oh yeah, not, not towards you, <laughs> but <laughs> toward others. But really, you guys have that heart and that bent, and I've seen you demonstrate it. Was that birthed out of, because sometimes I think when we've experienced the opposite, it kind of makes us get that sense of, man, I want people to feel different than I felt in these settings. Or is it something you grew up with? Or how was that birthed in you guys? We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and the podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Boy, I I don't know if I can go back to the origin of that idea. I, I know that Having five kids, it was always my desire to 
create my house and my backyard to be a place where my kids would be comfortable and wanting to stay home instead of going to the neighbor's house and where the neighbors can come to my house because they feel that comfortability of being inside my house. And so it is very common. We have three freezers at my house just filled with food where the barbecue is always going outside. The house came with a pool. The maintenance is expensive on that. Mm -hmm. But there are always kids swimming inside the pool. The barbecue is always going. And it is an opportunity to be really a second mother or second father to the kids that are inside the neighborhood where we can pour into these kids the way the way we should, the way we're commanded to do so, right? Hospitality, the Greek word, it literally means to be a, a lover of strangers, mm-hmm. right? To be there when nobody else is. And I saw a winning definition for the word friend back in 1994. And the winning definition for this contest was for the word friend. A friend is somebody who walks in the door when everybody else walks out. Wow. I think that's a really great secular, you know, definition. And I have a thing that I do with certain people. I said, listen, you are completely safe to be able to communicate with me. I don't know what you've gone through, but I want to let you know that I am utterly committed to your success, if you would, because your success is my success. What are you going through? This is a safe place. Let's have a conversation. Let's put our guard down, and I'm going to do my best to point you back to the Lord as we open up the text together. So yeah, Laura is the same way. We love having people over. We love being hospitable. Yeah. You brought you used a really good word in one of those definitions in regards to mentioning stranger, because that is the biblical call, command from Jesus. I mean, the story of the Good Samaritan, the key pivot point is when the expert asks, who is my neighbor? Yes. He wanted to define terms, right? Yeah. He wanted to go, okay, like, but there are some people that I don't have to be hospitable to, right? Mm-hmm. And Jesus, as he normally does, just like blew the doors off of those expectations Love and it. basically called everybody his neighbor. The person, and this is this is the thing that's always a challenge to me, is it's so easy for me to be hospitable towards the people who I enjoy spending right. time with that I love having over for dinner, that their kids are well-behaved. But the neighbors that are exhausting, the ones with foul mouths that seem kind of disrespectful towards women, that's also my neighbor. That's the stranger that the Lord calls us to be hospitable to. And the reason why is I think two part. One, because hospitality is meant to be a form of evangelism. In the sense that when you invite people into your home, they get to see the transforming power of the gospel worked out in your marriage and your family life. And then they apply what you're preaching to what you're doing. And they see that there's, they see where the rubber meets the road, if you will. Yeah. And then the second aspect of hospitality is discipleship. It's where people grow and come to better understand the Lord. Preaching and teaching from the pulpit is a huge part of that, but so is inviting people like you were talking about. The fact that your kids have friends that they can invite into their home and that you can disciple. I'm, a, I think, a walking testimony of that. When I first got saved, a gentleman named Casey, that's a, a dear friend of mine, my first real mentor, 
he was one of the most hospitable people that I'd ever met. I was a young college kid, former atheist, and this guy was inviting us on his family vacations. I got to go with him and witness his character and his family life. His home was an open door policy. I'd show up whenever if I had a question about the Bible. I remember one time I was at the beach hanging out with friends and had a question that nobody could answer. And I drove to Casey's house on my way home, unannounced, knocked on his door, sat down and had a Bible study. What you was know? the question? I don't remember now. <laughs> I wish I did. I remember that though. And even, even like witnessing repentance, kind of a funny story. One time Casey was driving us to lunch and somebody with like a pro Obama sticker cut him off. And he like grumbled something under his mouth about, you know, the character of this person. And I think nothing of it. I'm like 25 years old, like, oh, whatever. You know, he cuts you off. He probably deserves whatever you just said. Yeah. But the next day I get a phone call from him and I answer and he's like, pencil brain. That's what he used to call me. <laughs> pencil, pencil brain. Thank you, Oscar. He goes, pencil brain. I need a... I need to do something I don't like doing. I'm like, what's that? He's like, I need to apologize. I was like, what happened? <laughs> like, I'm thinking, what did he do? Uh, and he he apologized for showing bad character in that moment. Wow, for that's so for good. being unloving to, you know, someone on the middle of the road. And it taught me something about self-reflection and repentance. And yeah. so so was, and that's birthed out of again the atmosphere he created kind of metaphorically and his heart was open along with his home to that's you. Exactly. And, right. uh, yeah, you know, Ray, you were so hospitable. Weren't you bringing like strangers into your home back in New Zealand? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, um, I was unwise. I'd bring gang members home with skulls hanging, not real skulls, hanging from their belts. And my I'm kids trying to imagine the look on Sue's face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I actually, I, I, I overdid it a, a few times. But, you know, I, and I want to get a little more into what Scripture says about hospitality, but Hospitality, I think, goes beyond to the bounds of our home. It connects to the warmth of our heart, like I alluded to earlier to you, Oscar. And Ray, I know very few people as hospitable as you when it comes to that, in terms of even what you do with your in and out gift cards. We've talked about that here before. I mean, that's a form of, of showing warmth and care for people. Yeah, and like I said, it's the golden rule in action, and it gives me great joy to give people stuff. And when you, Spence, what are you doing? <laughs> you said in our gift cards. And we were, oh, you want some gifts? Like give. <laughs> I'm always giving you gift cards, Mark. Yeah, to give, it's, it's a real blessing to give as Jesus, well, Jesus didn't say that. As Paul says that Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than, re- than receive. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I think whenever we see certain things in scripture that are connected to leadership, I think it shows God's heart of priority because everything flows from the top down. I mean, the shepherds of God's flock are to be the example, as it says in Peter, to God's people. You know, when you look at like 1 Timothy 3, 2, a bishop then, or, you know, an elder, must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach. We see the same in, in Titus 1, 7 to 8, for a bishop must be blameless as a sword of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, and, and so on. Mm-hmm. And so I think that sets the tone, right? Those that are to be in a place of respect and leadership over God's people, they themselves, this is a prerequisite. I mean, you think of all the things that could have been touched on in terms of these are the characteristics of a leader. Hospitality is so important that it's listed in there. And that speaks volumes. You know, sorry, Mark, you go ahead. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Beauty, beauty before age. The second greatest. (laughs) (laughs) 
Annoyance. <laughs> yeah, I take you to the leadership of Department of Annoyance. Yeah, I looked up quotes on hospitality and there were so many, but so much of it had to do with business. That's how the world thinks. Be hospitable because it, you get money back. So a good quote from J.C. Penney. And Jim, you've heard of J.C. Penney? Oh, the yeah. theologian. He started Sears. <laughs> oh, stop it. He started Sears. <laughs> <laughs> you know what his middle name was? J.C. Penney? Cash. His last no. name's Penny, and his middle name's Cash. You serious? Yeah. You made that up. No, I've got it here. James Cash Penny. Anyway, <laughs> he said, courteous treatment will make a customer a walking advertisement. Ooh. And I, I like thought that. to myself, ooh. Oh, I thought, so true. Yeah. yeah, word of mouth is the best form of advertising, yeah. for sure. And so how much more, as Christians, should we be hospitable and kind, because that is the best form of advertising yeah. for what we're saying. You know, that's so true. I mean, Mark, as an example, I've recommended not just to you, but to a lot of people, the mechanic that I go to. And you walk into this place and they've got a cooler that's full of sodas and water and, you know, and, and, Hey, go ahead, please have something. You know, they welcome you. They're warm towards you. They do. I mean, and I just tell people about it. They may be ripping me off. I don't know, but they sure treat me nicely to the point where I'm like, man, these guys are great. That's so wise. Yeah, it makes you feel like you're at home, right? Mm-hmm. In a sense. Because when you go, go to there. mechanics and it's just a horrible experience in the past. Yeah. You know, you're just standing looking at greasy stuff for about two hours while they're not even going to start your car. But if they treat you with love and respect, it makes all the difference. Yeah, I really think that a book should be written by the DMV on how to be hospitable. <laughs> <laughs> they would be slow to write it. Oh, it's the most evil, wicked place in the world. <laughs> you know, the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And Oscar, you were talking about when we define what a neighbor is, right? It's not defined as your next door neighbor. So it's not geographically in place. It's not a location. Neither is it ethnicity. It is everybody that we come into contact with. I like the text that says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, that every person that we kind of bump into is strategically and specifically placed for our good at that moment, that we can be good to people. You can just be genuinely nice to people because we we don't know what they're going through, and it's an opportunity to be able to share. Easy, when you were freshly married, Mm-hmm. Freshly, mm-hmm. <laughs> you you took in my wife. Yes, who was homeless. My yeah, my wife and I took in your wife. Yeah, yes, yeah. freshly married. <laughs> this is before you be- before I was Met with Laura. my wife. Yeah, before we got married, Rachel and Easy took in. Do you remember how long? I don't remember how long uh, it was. With you guys. Uh, yeah, it, it was months. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But you guys are like freshly married. There's I didn't that know word that. again. That's yeah. awesome. When usually that's a time when you are really by yourself. Well, yeah, to well, know we each actually other. had Julia. Because I think she shared a room with Julia. She shared a room a with your, and Julia. Julia was a daughter. baby. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, you know, that was when you were freshly married. Now you're stale. Now you're stale. <laughs> stale. Well, I mean, we stale were you together. Know, Rachel, she was pregnant four months after we were married, so it wasn't long after. Yeah, right. But you have demonstrated that hospitality. You have been an example, you know, for my family, and you do that with your own family as well. You is it the Arab culture? You know, the way that you take care of family, you know, the way you've taken care of your dad and and everything else. And I reached out to you and I just, and I shared with you some concerns that some things that my family's kind of going through. And you said, you know, let me kind of go through my Rolodex here to try to help you guys out. And it has saved my family thousands of dollars for people that are not intimately close to you, but 
you have a concern. You genuinely have a concern. And we got a text recently from an individual who you were very hospitable towards, and it saved this person thousands of dollars inside their life. And you are definitely an example to me, to somebody who is hospitable, somebody who is a lover of strangers. You know, we are called to do good to all, especially those of the household of faith. Being rich in good works should be an earmark of Christianity, that what we have as Randy Elkhorn said, God does not bless us financially to raise our standard of living, but to raise our standard of giving, that we have an order to give. Mm. If we have that mindset that we have an order to give out, then God will bring people inside of our lives in order to give. Yeah. And God forbid we ever offer anything to the Lord or to others, that which didn't cost us anything, where we only give from the overflow and we keep this much more just for us. Yeah. We can't do that. Romans 12, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Mm. This is the way the Christian responds. And Stephen Schwartz said, hospitality is making your guests feel like they're at home, even if you wish they were at their home. (laughs) That's good. Oh, I saw that quote too. I'm just so excited about tomorrow. You won't be here, Mark won't be here, but... Two atheists. No, one atheist is coming for lunch. Really? I'm super I excited. Uh, I did a, a Zoom. I think it's called The Amazing Atheist. And this guy came on and he says, let me introduce you to my brother. His brother comes on. He says, love the ministry. Absolutely love it. I says, what about your atheist brother? He says, he absolutely loves it too. Watches really? all your videos and everything. Oh, wait. Are those the guys? Yeah, yeah. I think I remember you Jeremy, doing that. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy, yeah. And anyway, they're coming to lunch tomorrow. Wow. And so I am feeling like Abraham, and when the angels came to visit Abraham, he ran to the door, bowed down, washed their feet, yeah. ran to kill the fatted calf or whatever they had in those, in those days. <laughs> and that's exactly how I feel. I don't want to preach to him if he stays for an hour and a half. I just want to love on him oh, in every so way cool. I can. Yeah, and, and Ray, and you've done that. You know, I think of when you took, what, 70 atheists to dinner? No, it was 40. Don't exaggerate. That's evangelistic. 40 atheists to dinner. Yeah, I remember Mark and I went. We had dinner with 40 atheists, and it was a wonderful experience. Yeah, and you've done that. You've, you've had Bruce. Is it Bruce the atheist here? That was different. That's um, the gardener, <laughs> the back gardener. Let's not talk about that one. Um, you know, Mark, I, But I just got to say what happened with those 40 atheists. It was probably up there as one of the greatest joys of my life. I grabbed the waiter, and I said, bring me the bill. And he said, what do you want to say? He, he was Hispanic, and I'm New Zealand, and he just couldn't understand what I was saying. I said, bring me the bill. And, and he brought it, and I was well, like. Well, just walking by. wasn't even working at the restaurant. Bring, bring me the bill. Yeah. So he brought his manager named Bill. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I paid the, the bill, and to have a group of atheists come up to us afterwards and just say, Thank you so much. Wow. That's cool. Nice to meet yeah. you. Yeah. Again, a reflection of the, the heart of the Lord. Yes. And, and then you think of what Peter said in First Peter 4, 7 to 9, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another. And then I love this, without grumbling. Yeah. <laughs> and notice the context of that. He just said, but the end of all things is at hand. Bro, you're talking about the end and then you're throwing hospitality in there? I mean, I think it's a good indicator for us as believers that we're always to walk in a godly manner that honors and pleases the Lord and has a heart of warmth and love like God always has toward us. And to do it without grumbling, that's the key, right? You could practice hospitality mechanically and just do the things that are, but if it's not commingled with a gracious attitude, like a joyful attitude, you're doing it with a grumbling spirit, 
man, that, that just, you know. You know, I love the sensitivity of Scripture to our sinful nature because it says when you give, don't give grudgingly. Yeah. So, okay, here you are. You know, it's just not, God loves a cheerful giver and it's the same like hospitality. Yeah, and I think that's a part of like what we talked about before. Why do we want to be hospitable? Why do we enjoy it? Because it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's such a joy to see others get radically blessed. And let's not forget Hebrews 13 too. Do, right. do not forget to entertain strangers mm-hmm. for by so doing some have unwittingly entertained angels. That's Abraham. Yeah, can too. you imagine like looking back in eternity, there were actual angels we we, we which could is also be angels. scary. You what? never know. Us three could be angels. Well, Oscar could <laughs> this be whole angel. time. <laughs> uh, can uh, I just mention something? It's Arab uh, cherub. It's off the path a little bit, but the word hospital and hospitality come yeah. from a similar root word. That's right. And one of the most moving and comforting, for want of a better word, things that ever happened to me was in a hospital. I was uh, about 21, 20 years old, had a, an operation. I can't remember what it was, hernia. And I was in absolute agony in the middle of the night, in the dark. I'd never had an operation before. I woke up and my bed was a bath. I was just sweating like a pig in terrible uh-huh. pain in the dark. And suddenly a little light came on just beside my bed and it was a nurse in the darkness of the night. And she said, oh, I awesome. never, ever forget that. Oh, wow. It was Great. so comforting. Then yeah. in my darkness, a light had come and that's a, like a type of the gospel and that's what Jesus did. Angel. We've um, cut Oscar off like 50 <laughs> not, times. That's okay. I'm I have nothing important breath. to say. How hospitable of you guys to cut me off 50 times. <laughs> so thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. I read a commentary that talked about the Good Samaritan as what this commentator put as a terrible parable. The reason why he said terrible is because if you read it closely, it's actually incredibly convicting. He pointed out that here you have a doer of the law, a student of the law, and Jesus decides to use quote unquote, his arch nemesis as a perfect example of what it means to be hospitable, to show like even the person on the other side, the person you totally disagree with, the person that you think is absolutely despicable, that person is following this law perhaps better than you're even following the law. And you already mentioned the idea of being hospitable towards angels, Matthew 25, from a convicting standpoint says this, depart from me. I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Hospitality does take a sense of discomfort. To truly be hospitable means you're going to put yourself in a place of sacrifice Great point. and discomfort. But the reason why we do it is also the good news of when we fail. The reason why we are hospitable is because Jesus was hospitable to us. The God who lived in perfect harmony with himself, incarnated himself into the world, subjected himself to sickness and hunger and poverty. The God who created everything, I've talked about this before, decided to become a man and his first breath was filled with the stench of cow manure. Mm. He made himself uncomfortable. Why? Because later on he says, in my house are many rooms. Mm -hmm. That is the promise of the gospel that that he brings us home so that we can then go out, get a little uncomfortable for the idea or the thought of bringing others home You know, Oscar, you raise a great point here. Christ, who was entirely self-sufficient, became dependent upon other people's hospitality. Right. That's right? so good. When, when he didn't need to. I mean, imagine Jesus. He enters into a room and he could have thought to himself, 
I could just flip a light switch right now and have some light. Hmm. Imagine, I could have a little ribeye steak over here in the corner. The different things that he could have done that he didn't do, that he emptied himself. You know, I, I don't need other people. You know what I could do right now with the apostles over here in this room <laughs> or the disciples? Yeah. He could have done so many different things, and he didn't. When he emptied himself, he became reliant upon yeah. other people. And in essence, great to your point, is a great example of the gospel, that we are in need, not of ourselves, because we cannot do it. We're in need of Christ doing a work inside of us that we cannot do. So sometimes we are put inside of a situation where I just need help. Mm -hmm. I, I need you. I need to lean on you. I need you to step up to the plate when I can't do it. And that's exactly what we are called to do as Christians. Yeah, and you think of the inhospitable atmosphere that Christ entered into. Sorry, there's no room for you in the end. Hey, here's a barn for you. <laughs> you know, uh, He came to his own and his own did not receive him. And yet he did all of that willingly for us to show us that ultimate gospel hospitality. You know, hospitality. Hospitality. New book coming our way. You heard it here first. You heard it here first, friends. I wish they could see I your know, face I know. I wish right you could see Ray in humility, pointing his finger. <laughs> <laughs> like Mike a mic drop. drop. <laughs> Those what thumbs have never looked Hosp so big. Hospitality. <laughs> what? What was it? Hospitality. Hospitality. Oh, I love that. Um, listen When's to this. the book going to be written, right? Yeah, after, yeah. Lunch. after lunch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How to overcome inhospitality. I'm actually covering Mark's um, donut. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> <show some. laughs> Puts his finger in it. All right. Listen to this by Kevin DeYoung. This is really powerful because I think there are times back to the topic of entertaining people in our homes, right? I mean, sometimes we just have this attitude of like, oh, my home isn't nice enough. Or, you know, we, we're just constantly like trying to make excuses or qualify why this is like that when people come right. over. Listen to this. Opening our home to others is a wonderful gift and a neglected discipline in the church. But we easily forget the whole point of hospitality. Think of it this way. Good hospital itty is making your home a hospital. The idea is that friends and family and the wounded and weary people come to your home and leave helped and refreshed. And yet too often, hospitality is a nerve-wracking experience for hosts and <laughs> guests alike. Instead of setting our guests at ease, we set them on edge by telling them how bad the food will be and what a mess the house is and how sorry we are for the kids' behavior. We get worked up and crazy busy in all the wrong ways because we are more concerned about looking good than with doing good. Mm. So instead of our encouraging those who host, they feel compelled to encourage us with constant reassurances that everything is just fine. Opening our homes takes time, but it doesn't have to take over our lives. Christian hospitality has much more to do with good relationships than with good food. There's a fine line between care and cumber. In many instances, less ado would serve better. Good food does help. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's so great. You know, John Piper, you know, said something uh, similar in the sense that when you begin to think that well, I don't have much of a house or I don't have finances. How can I really truly be hospitable to the different people? And he goes, listen, if you're in a situation where you don't have much to give, well, this is great because now you're going to be depending upon God's grace. And the outcome, the individual is now looking into that situation is they are going to be blessed people by 
realizing your simple home or your little apartment, and yet you still gave. Good. Right? This is back to the idea. We're not giving out of the abundance. Yeah. yeah. I can't go without mentioning Just hold book. on, Oscar. I want to say something. <laughs> <laughs> Rosario Butterfield wrote a book called The Gospel Comes with the House Key, and it is so mm. well done. It's both convicting, but will also bring you joyfully to the gospel in regards to how the Lord will use hospitality to bring people to a saving faith. I highly yeah. recommend it. I think it's convicting the Good Samaritan by the fact that we call it the Good Samaritan when the Good Samaritan wasn't good at all. Right. He just did the basic requirements of God's law and loving his neighbors himself. So we tend to call it that. I, I was interested to see that regarding hospitality, the three greatest expectations of people in hotels, number one was cleanliness. Yeah. Number two is clear communication. And number three is peaceful sleeping environments. <laughs> and uh, and I, I saw friends? a wonderful quote also. It says, nothing inspires cleanliness more than un- an unexpected guest. Oh. Someone's going to your house in 10 minutes? What? Yeah. You know, clean it up. Yeah, and there is that balance, right? Because I love, again, what we just read from Kevin DeYoung. We have to open our homes no matter what. I mean, if it comes down to one or the other, it's like the point is loving people, bring them in. But there is also that attention to detail that blesses people. When your home is clean, when, when the environment is pleasant, it makes people feel yeah. comfortable and welcome. And especially like it says, hey, I cared enough to bless you to make sure the environment is is nice for you. You know what I'm saying? It's like right. you show up to a wedding in flip-flops and, and a tank top. It just says like, eh, and it's Mark. Shorts. Yeah, and, Mark. And, and, sh- and shorts. It says, this isn't that important to me. You know. And same thing, people come over and the house, is, everything's a mess. And, and it's like, oh, so there's that balance you know, for sure. This probably doesn't need to be said, but I'm going to say it anyway. We need to use wisdom in opening up our homes. Things are different than they were 20, 30, 40 years ago. A lot yeah. of people out there are insane. Yeah. So you bring a homeless person, you might murder your wife. I saw yeah. a lady on YouTube who purchased a homeless guy lunch. In she, a purchased restaurant. A, oh. she, she purchased <laughs> a, a homeless You're going to feel terrible lunch. in a minute. Oh, you're going to no. feel terrible in a minute. <laughs> no. uh, she purchased lunch for a homeless guy and he stabbed her to death and stole her <gasps> outside the restaurant that she purchased. That. No. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you just got to use caution and bring people into your home. That happened to me recently. I was leaving a store. I had my son in the back seat and I saw a guy just laying on the ground and it wasn't an area that was known for homelessness. And my son saw him. My son is one of the most gracious giving people. I cannot pass somebody on the street without my son asking me to give them a dollar. Like he's always looking to help others. And so he was like, dad, should we do something? I pulled over and it was clear the guy was intoxicated or high and, but was asking to go to the hospital and the hospital is like four blocks away. And in my mind, I'm like, I can't put this guy in the car with my son in there. I don't know what he's going to do, you know? And so we called the police and we waited with them, but yeah, I mean, the point is just be cautious. I will say though, from a more lighthearted thing, I was just reminded of this comedian I saw and it was so great because it gives like the example of the way we look at hospitality nowadays. So he talked about how like when he was younger and someone would randomly ring the doorbell, how his mom would answer and be like, come in, come in, here's some cake. <laughs> and everyone would sit around and have a conversation and see them out the door. And then he goes, fast forward now, like someone rings the doorbell. Mom's like, shh, everybody down, yeah. lights <laughs> off, shh. They don't know we're here. You yeah, know, like we want right. to hide from everybody. Yeah, that's actually true. You know, when I think of, and so good, Ray, we do have to be very, very careful, especially when we have families. But, you know, one of the real heartwarming instances in a movie 
of someone taking a homeless guy in was in Les Miserables, if you guys remember Ooh. that. Mm. And they took Jean Verjean in to their home, this this priest and his wife. And the priest gets up in the middle of the night because he hears clanking and, and Jean Verjean was was robbing them. He was taking all their silver, you know, their candles, stick holders and their, their silverware and all that. And then when the guy comes out, he, he hits him and he knocks him out and he takes off. Well, later Jean Verjean is captured, if you guys remember, then he's brought back and this was going to be life in prison for him because this was right. He brought, he was brought into the house after he was released from prison. He was sleeping on the street and this guy took him in. Right. But it was so powerful. He comes back and with the prisoners like, we caught this guy. Did he take your silver? And he goes, oh, no, no. He goes, oh, you forgot the candlesticks yeah. too. And he put them in the bag like he gave them to him as a gift. He did that just to... Oh, and it changed his life. I got the chills. Oh, I love that yeah. movie. But I want to know how you can say his name correctly, but you refuse to say Augustine correctly. <laughs> Augustine. Jean Vergeon. Um, let, me, let me wrap up here by, by reading this. Um, Are you going to rap? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you got to be hospitable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's pitiable. If you're not, you got to be hospitable to everyone you know because it's good to go. So, all right. Um, <laughs> Don't laugh at that. <laughs> That's glorious. That was glorious. (laughs) That was actually pretty bad. Next episode is on humility. Yeah. Curtis Thomas said this. He says, because we often associate hospitality with our homes, here are some ways in which we can use those homes for the good of others. We can offer our home four, and then he gives a list. One, home Bible studies. Two, home cell groups. Three, a place for traveling evangelists or conference speakers. (laughs) Ray Comfort. Four, a place for visiting missionaries. Five, Sunday school parties. Six, hosting singles groups. Seven, hosting youth activities. I'm not going to number them anymore. Hosting dinners for the staff of pastors. Providing dinner for international students. Hosting Christian singing groups who may be traveling in our area, a temporary place to stay for those families who move into our area, hosting dinners for the senior members of our church, a place for various church uh, committees to meet, a place where children can be provided for when their mothers need a day out by taking in people who do not have a home. So, so many different things that we can do to welcome others and show hospitality in our homes and with our hearts. What's going on, right? Mark just bat out his tooth. <laughs> <Is that laughs> yeah, because I, I heard he was going yesterday to get a crown, a crown put on. Yesterday. It was yesterday, I think, or the day before I called him up because he was said it was going to be very painful. And I called him yesterday and he says, no, everything went well. Or I texted him. He says, it went really well. They put the crown on and he just spat his crown <laughs> So he just <laughs> he lost his crown. Yeah, I think it, it may have been your rapping that did it. <laughs> <laughs> it was but good it, for It may something. have exposed his, uh, his nerve because oh, he went no. out and went out. Right. So uh, we pray for Mark. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and friends... We hope you've been encouraged what are you laughing at, today. Oscar? <laughs> I'm nothing. <laughs> Where was your hospitality, Ray? Couldn't you pick that tooth up? Yeah. No, I was. Form? I was looking at the uh, donut just on the <laughs> other side of it. <laughs> Time to steal it. I was expecting Ray to come out with a toothbrush and brush yeah. that one little tooth. Well, friends, we hope you've been encouraged today. Hospitality is so much a part of the Christian character because it's a part of the gospel like we talked about. And we want to continue to, to encourage you. So encourage us, friends. That's a form of hospitality. We just had a great encouragement on uh, the Apple platform under the comments there. This is from Suga Bear, S-U-G-A Bear 456. She said in her subject, I love this podcast. And then she said, as a 16-year-old Christian, this podcast really helps me with five yeah oh sugar with five exclamation marks so thank you for listening sugar leave us comments guys they may get read on the air and make sure to check out ray's book why would anyone follow jesus 12 reasons to trust what the bible says about jesus ray's forgotten he written it he's written it and watch for hospitality yeah hospitality (laughs) but check out that book we're talking about being like jesus he washed the disciples feet right talk about hospitality and so that book would be great, livingwaters.com. And make sure to email us at pod 
podcast at livingwanders.com with any thoughts and comments. We'll see you next time here on the Tooth Popping <laughs> Living Waters Podcast. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too. Those of you who are listening, just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters Podcast.